This is the Horse Radio Network. We talk a lot about the physical strength of riders when it comes to making it in horse sports. But what about the mental strength? We discuss how to handle all the things from the desire to win and compete to the pressures of social media. Jess shares her journey going from riding as a junior to through college to turning pro. And we tried out a new skincare line just for equestrians. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Sally Spickard. And I'm Jess Payne. Welcome to episode 23 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey. Good, good. So, uh, I know we are no longer in Kentucky, but I'm still riding this high from Kentucky. So I decided our drink this week should be Kentucky themed. Um, and given that the Derby was recent and we're moving on to the Preakness, I thought we would drink a mint julep today. Um, Yum. have you guys had them before? Have you ever had a mint julep? I have. I love I've tried it before. Julep. I didn't have a very good bartender the one time that I had it, but I could see where it was going. Yeah, it's like one of the, uh, like it's one of those drinks that are like hit or miss for me that I have to be in the right place or the right time or like the right bartender to really enjoy it. But so because you have to like mint because it's usually like minted simple syrup or I know some people who actually crush mint into the drink mm-hmm. and then it's a lot of crushed ice and then two ounces of bourbon and then you can either use the mint as like a little garnish too. But I I've been to the Derby. I don't know. Have you guys been to the Kentucky Derby? No, and I'm really jealous that you have, because that's like a total bucket list for me. I know. I'm like, that is absolutely on my bucket list. I'm so jealous you've been. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. So I would love to go again, because I was young when I went. I was like a teenager. So I would love to be like, go now as an adult. But it like we got lucky. The weather was beautiful, and I got to wear a fun hat and get dressed up. And it's such a cool atmosphere. So it's definitely one of those events like you have to go to once in your life for sure. Did you sit in the grandstand or did you do like the whole infield party scene part? We did the grandstand, which was super cool too. Cause there are like celebrities there. Like Sigourney Weaver was there and it was like really exciting. See, I know, I know. And it, yeah, it was just super fun. Um, I'm trying to think if there was like any other really good memories. There's just a lot of drunk people. <laughs> but, but people are having a good time. It's like people are there to like enjoy it, you know, whether they know anything about racing or horses or whatnot. But it's it's a pretty cool atmosphere. It's so funny. I go to races or like places where people aren't horse people necessarily. And I'll hear them. I'm such a snob. Like I'll hear them be like, look at that horse running. And I'm like, I want to turn around and be like, it's galloping or well, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. Exactly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like that girl. So this episode is presented by Eagle Gold. And uh, you guys, I wanted to ask you, do you guys have like a color that you ride in? Because now that I've been to Kentucky for the three-day event, I've like, I'm really interested in the colors people pick. Because in Hunterland, we don't get to do any of that. And while we were there, obviously, we're at the Eagle Gold tent. And they have like literally every color you could ever think of that you would want in a saddle pad for your like cross-country ensemble. So, Jess, do you wear the same colors as Doug when you ride? So, sort of. Long backstory of that is I used to have navy and red as my colors, and then Doug was black and red. So, when we kind of meshed the business, we did black and red, and he had more yellow. So, he has like an accent of yellow. I don't do the yellow at all. But all of our pads, I'm obsessed with the Google pads. Everybody knows that. All of ours are very white, and I love them. I love the look of the white Google. I do but- too. Yeah, it's just so clean. Mm-hmm. But I know their colors are pretty incredible. Like when we were, I didn't even know how many colors they had when we were at Kentucky. I was like, oh my gosh, look at all the different colors. I know colors when of you green. see them all laid out in front of you, you're like, it's like every color with a rainbow and then some. <laughs> anything, anything you want. It like mm-hmm. reminded me of like going to Home Depot because we just bought this house and you're like looking for paint colors. I mean, it was literally just like that. Like you could customize whatever color you wanted in your Eco Gold pad. Yeah. And then you can get the flip pad too, which is nice because you can match it to your pad or have like a fun color on one side. And then well, it's like, yeah, two colors. Too. Yeah. That's so it's incredible. multi-purpose, which is really nice. Absolutely. So Jess, do you have some news for us? Yeah, I have a little bit of a creepy news, but it's pretty interesting to me at least. 
they found a 3,000-year-old horse that got a human-style burial. That's really interesting. Where? Yeah. They found it in the Nile River Valley, and they basically found it that it was buried like a human, get a proper burial. And they found that later that they do these different burials for like a lot of like the war horses that have done the carriage and stuff because they found like a bridal pieces of the iron. And they found that it was pretty interesting. They still had some fur, chestnut fur attached to part of the limbs. So they're pretty sure it was a chestnut mare that they found. Of course it was. Uh, of course. <laughs> she was she probably like 100 years long. old when she died because she was so stubborn. <laughs> yeah. But that is pretty interesting. I mean, because I know I know you can like cremate a horse here in the States, which my mom has personally done to one of our ponies. So Aww. she loved it. But I thought it was pretty awesome that they back in the day did certain horses got a human burial. Yeah, that's awesome. I've heard that like the Egyptians have buried other animals too. You know what I mean? Like they really valued their relationship yeah. with animals which is really cool so so that's my funny news of the day Sally like what do it. you have so I uh you know obviously badminton was this past weekend which is always super exciting because it's right on the heels of Kentucky so for the eventing nerds like me it's like Christmas comes twice almost so um you know it's a little bit you know I think everybody kind of knows that there's been a little bit of a shadow over the sport the last couple weeks um you know we've got some controversy surrounding Marilyn Little and now we've got some surrounding Oliver Townend um you know and and I think uh Janelle Price winning she's from New Zealand uh she won with her her mayor Classic Moe who is a cross-country machine it was awesome to watch her go um so nothing to take away from cheers to her yeah like girl power all the way it's it's owned by a girl and Jonelle and then Jonelle just had a baby and now she's got this mare who's not a dressage horse and you know stormed around cross country I mean it was awesome to see that so um yeah so anyway you know I think the biggest thing though that you know I just wanted to point out is that I think um you know I wrote an editorial this past week after Kentucky and I kind of you know, said we as media members of the media kind of have a responsibility to to, you know, at least cover these stories and and ask the questions that maybe are a little bit uncomfortable and make sure that we are accountable for our horses welfare. And, you know, we're definitely not here to speculate. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that you can make is to just add fire, you know, fury to the fire. But, um, you know, I think one thing that we're really committed to here is handling the stories professionally and tactfully and, and asking the tough questions and making sure we're all accountable and staying that way so you know quick disclaimer nothing too serious but just so everybody's who's listening knows you know that is something that we're committed to and hopefully we can help facilitate some improvement well and if you haven't checked it out sally wrote like an excellent editorial really examining the issue of what we saw in kentucky and it's on heelsdownmag.com if you haven't read it but sally i really commend you because i thought you did an excellent job posing the right questions calling for action and really sticking up for the welfare of the horse, which I think the sport should be all about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not about one certain person or anybody in particular. I think, you know, that you have to look at the sport as a whole and say, you know, how do we fix it? And how do we make sure that we're doing everything we can for our horses? And I think that's the most important conversation at the end of the day, for sure. Absolutely. So, anything right. else from you, Justine? Yes, I have some interesting news. It's kind of weird. So obviously, we know that Calgary is the home to Spruce Meadows, which is a great event. But so I guess Spruce Meadows is getting a new stadium and it has nothing to do with horses. It has everything to do with soccer, like kicking balls, soccer. So that's kind of a cool, like, is it I'm assuming it's kind of like an income, you know, it's going to increase revenue. But that's a cool idea, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. So starting in 2019, so next year, uh, the Canadian Premier League, which is a soccer slash football league, will start playing out of Spruce Meadows, which is really interesting. So, yeah, kind of, I mean, I don't see it being like they're going to be like soccer going on at the same time as horse sports, but it seems like an interesting way to repurpose a really great facility that has like, you know, an all-star venue to host multiple events. Yeah, well, and it's great, too, because sometimes you worry about that stuff, you know, if they have to bring in different footing for something else and then you worry. But soccer, you know, I feel like the footing is really going to be about the same. They're both going to want that nice plush grass. So that's great. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, it's kind of excited to see it. Me, too. I mean, I would like go back, you know, like go there to see soccer. So (laughs) maybe bring some horse people into the soccer. Yeah, absolutely. Or do the horse soccer. There's an idea. 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make up a proposal and I'll send it over to them and let you know what they say. Please let us know what they say. <laughs> if they if they say anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> So have you guys signed up for the brief yet uh, through Hillstone Magazine? Yes, absolutely. So we're going to touch a great idea. I know. I love it. It's basically all the news you ever want to care about delivered right to your inbox every morning. But we're doing something different with the brief and you have to subscribe to really get the like the whole fulfillment of it. But next week, we're going to do a themed week for Boyd Martin. So literally, it is Boyd Martin all week. With We'll have quotes, stories, really fun wisdom and tips just from Boyd. So if you're a super Boyd fan, you definitely want to sign up now so that you'll get all of this cool exclusive stuff from Boyd uh, all next week. And it, so if you haven't signed up yet, uh, you should go ahead and do that at HeelsDownMag.com. All you got to do is enter your email and we will be sending you cool stuff every morning. And Justine, we did a drawing for a Smart Pack water bottle. Did we have a winner for that? Yes, I think we do. Uh, so we did the drawing and it, uh, Rachel Hamill, if you're listening, Rachel Hamill, you just want a water bottle from smart pack. So email, we will reach out to you. Yay. Exactly. So keep out, keep your eyes peeled for an email. So you know how to get it. So this segment is brought to you by one of our other awesome brand partners, Giddy Up Goodies. And uh, I know we've talked about them a whole lot on the show and they're so awesome because their boxes really are kind of almost custom made, they feel like, because there's always something that is appropriate for the time of year and there's almost always something for the rider too, which is kind of nice. So, um, but anyway, they are really awesome and have shown their appreciation for our listeners and they're giving you guys a 30% off code for the month of May. So if you go to giddyup-goodies.com and use the code HEELSDOWNMAY, um, you'll get 30% off your entire order. So they actually also sell individual items that have been in their boxes too on their site. So you can buy you know, some of those little individual bags of treats or you can subscribe to a whole box. So you can redeem that now through May 31st. So this week we kind of dived into skincare, which is a really important subject because as we're getting into the summer months, we're all outside a lot more at the barn. Um, and so this company we are testing or we have been testing is called Bibimbap Skin. Bibimbap is actually a Korean, like a rice dish, basically. It's really good. I actually had it for dinner last night. So this is really funny. So anyway, this uh, Bibimbap skincare was created by Lynn Mueller. She was adopted from Korea um, and she really kind of got into Korean skincare um, because she's always had sensitive skin and she had acne. Plus, she's a writer as well. She used to event. Now she's a jumper. So um, she developed this line while she lived in Seoul in Korea for two years. And I've been a Korean beauty subscriber for a, a really long time because it's really all about nourishing your skin and using natural ingredients and kind of taking a lot of time to care for it instead of just a wash and rinse and then you're done. So yeah, I've been testing it out for, uh, I don't know, almost a month now and it's pretty awesome. And I know you guys got some too. So I'm interested to hear what you thought. Cause I'm sure you haven't tried Korean beauty yet. So, so yeah, that's the world. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really interesting. So I am, uh, I'm someone who is very serious about my skin. I'm have like a lighter complexion, so I easily burn. And as I get older, like I've already noticed, like, I'm not someone who like gives a ton of like put a lot of attention into like, oh, my God, my skin looks terrible type person. Right. But I want to do take care of it in the long run. But I have sensitive skin. So I've tried other like kits of like serums and moisturizers and cleansers that have made my skin worse, like more irritated. So I'm not going to lie. I was nervous to try this because I just mm -hmm. didn't want to have a bad reaction. And I didn't. And I am obsessed with it now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I love it. It's and so gentle, right? It's so gentle and I, I love the moisturizer. I live in Florida. It's humid here all the time. And I, it's, so it's hard to find a moisturizer that actually moistur moisturizes your skin, but doesn't leave you looking oily and gross all day. Cause you're or it's feeling like, sticky. Exactly. But this, I've been super impressed with it. Like I, I take it everywhere I go. Cause it's like, I, I need it to keep my skin looking good and clean. And I'm actually, I've been really, really impressed with it. So just what do you think? So everybody knows I'm really weird. Um, I've been an avid skincare person for a long time. Um, and I was interested because I've been diehard Rodan and Fields for forever. Yeah. And yeah, so it was a little bit um, interesting to try it because a little bit like, you know, to go away from your skincare and something that I'm not really like, how do you 
want something that is an addition to what you already have, right. which is what, you know, kind of was interested to in me is like, what do they have that like, you know, maybe some other products don't have. And so the one I really liked was the healing salve. Like I just, you know, when it's hot and like, you know, sometimes your skin, I've been washing my hands all the time with the baby. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, cause you have to wash your hands way too many times. So I didn't know that. So like my hands would just get irritated. And so I loved that. So that was like my favorite one that like, I really, it didn't smell like it wasn't, you know, cause I'm real sensitive to smell mm-hmm. and I always have been. So that was my favorite one. Actually, I really, really did like the products because I'm one same thing, like real nervous to try anything else. And so, especially when something's already working, that's what's the hardest right. for me. Right. You know, right. I'm not looking to like change something, but it was like, okay, well, if there's something in addition to like the Rodan and fields that, you know, maybe I could do that. And I love it for like the dermatitis. Mm-hmm. It, actually, it's funny you say that because I like the healing salve too, but my husband's been using it. He uh, He's like oh, cool. a big gym rat kind of guy. Like he works out a lot. He's really into lifting weights, um, powerlifting. So he always gets this like dry spot on his shoulder, like right behind the base of his neck, behind his shoulders where he lets the weight bar rest on his, you know, on his back, I guess. Uh-huh. And so I was like, you should try this healing solve. So he uses it every day, actually. Oh, awesome. that's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Huh. So it works for all different kinds of things. Yeah. Well, and it's cool, too, because this all the products are produced or, I guess, manufactured in Canada. So, um, you know, North American made. It's all vegan-friendly, cruelty-free, which is really important to me. Um, no animal testing here. Um, and they have a whole set of products. They have um, cleanser, serum, moisturizer, Um, the healing salve that you guys were mentioning. And then they also have a lip balm. So you can get the products individually, but I recommend using kind of the whole system because the, if you do research on Korean skincare, it's like this whole multi-step process, which um, I'm sure it's not just the Korean people that do it, but you know, that's just kind of what this particular style is known for. So I definitely recommend the whole set, but I mean, you can shop and kind of buy them individually. So um, the cool thing is you can buy online just at bbimbopskin.com. We'll spell it out. We'll post it on the, uh, we'll post a link in our podcast announcement post. Um, And it looks like they're having a sale right now. So the prices are actually really good. This stuff is going to last you a really long time. Um, But if you need any more convincing, we have another discount code for you guys because we're just like full of codes today. You can actually go online and use code HEELSDOWN40. So HEELSDOWN40. And that'll give you 40% off your purchase. So you guys can also try it. And we're super excited. All right, guys. So when we were in Kentucky, uh, we were approaching a bunch of people on the cross-country course trying to get them to participate in the Asmar WEG Challenge. And uh, luckily for us, a ton of people were totally game to play. And uh, so the current task, basically, the current challenge right now is you have to try to do three barn tasks at once. Um, and if you do it and you post on social media using the hashtag Asmar WEG Challenge, uh, you could win a chance to go to WEG plus $2,000 worth of really great Asmar merchandise plus a car and a bunch of stuff that goes towards your trip, which is really wonderful. Um, Sally, I still think my favorite out of all the people we watched try to do three tasks at once. Um, I think you were my favorite. As you tried to, <laughs> she tried to polo wrap her leg and hoof pick her foot and brush her tail basically her ponytail all at the same time. And she hobbled around in the grass on the cross country course trying to do this. And I was very impressed. She didn't fall over. I did not fall over, but I am not good at standing on one leg. So let's just be clear about that. That was, that was rough. I mean, it's fun though. No, it's not. It's definitely not easy. That's why it's called the challenge, but it's fun. It's worth it. I mean, if you get a chance to go to WEG, holy moly, I would do it. (laughs) So all right, Sally. So I know uh, you got to interview Adrienne Sternlich, who is the cover of our current issue of Heels Down magazine. She's a young show jumper. She's just 24, but she was also just shortlisted for the World Equestrian Games for the U.S. show jumping team, which is just amazing. But yeah. what I loved, what I loved about the story you wrote about her was just that, unlike so many young people, she she took this really interesting turn in her career where she had to like take a minute to find herself. And she decided that social media was toxic and she needed to take a break. Obviously she had a lot of pressure on her. She rides a really tremendous horse. She clearly has very ambitious goals 
as a show jumper. But Sally, can you talk about that? Because I think what Adrian experienced isn't unlike what most of us experienced, just trying to manage horses and training goals and even showing goals. Obviously, Adrian is a professional and does this at like the highest level, but it is, I think it's tough for anybody, right? I mean, what, what was your impression when you talked to Adrian? Yeah, you know, I really, um, I was really impressed with Adrian, and and you know, I am not, I don't follow show jumping nearly to the extent that I should, and so this was kind of, I didn't know a whole lot about her, so, um, you know, she's extremely well spoken and very, it seems, self aware of where she has opportunities to improve, and I think, you know, the biggest takeaway that she gave me, or you know, one of the big things that she told me was that she was starting to have these really strong negative reactions to just, you know, even just a one rail round where she just have one fence. And she was just like, you know, I was having these really irrational reactions to these, these, you know, poor outcomes. And it just really made me question whether I have the mental capacity to do this. And so she really just kind of took a step back. She's like, you know, I'm just going to take kind of the winter off basically. And um, she went to a yoga retreat and just really, you know, not even just the yoga, but just the, uh, the, the removal of herself from, from the world that she had kind of been so immersed in and finding a little bit more balance. And, um, you know, I think that's important. I think the struggle for a a lot of equestrians is twofold. I think there's the struggle to make it and to feel like you have all this pressure to succeed. Um, and then I think there's also the struggle of just trying to do it at all, you know, and, and not kill yourself trying to just ride the damn horse, you know? So I think that's, it's definitely goes in multiple directions for sure. I think the professionals put a lot of of pressure on themselves. And a lot of them are really young, you know, like even in eventing in, even in the hunters, you know, I don't think it matters what discipline, but Jess, I mean, you've done this, you went pro and you were what in your twenties, right? Yeah. I went, uh, my first advanced, I think I was 20 years old, 21, maybe. Wow. And yeah, it was, I mean, I was riding advanced while I was in college. So it was a lot. Like I had mm-hmm. to figure out how to go to school keep my friends, you know, ride at the highest level and was trying to, you know, go for the Canadian team and keep everybody happy and like yourself happy. And it's really hard once you're at that level, like to even stay at that level and then make sure your horse is sound. And there's 500,000 things that could go wrong at any day and making sure you don't basically lose your mind. And it's really hard that I think the hardest is to keep it together. And for me, it was, it was my support system. I mean, that honestly is what kept me together. It was a hundred percent my friends, my coach, um, who was more of a life coach than, I mean, Jan Benny, everybody knows I've ridden with her for years and years that, I mean, she didn't even have to say anything. It's like she could look at me and I knew exactly what she was saying most of the time. Aww, yeah. And then it's, you know, it's really important to have that kind of support system in order, I think for top people to really succeed and stay in it and everything else. Cause it is, it's mentally very challenging. I read a lot of books that kind of, um, helped me mentally as well. A lot, actually golf books, cause it's more of like a mental game for golf as well. So it is, it's, it's hard. Well, and then and I, I did, that was before social media. I mean, Facebook. Right. Was like, just can you even out. imagine <laughs> what it must've been, what it must be like now for these people that are trying to, it's crazy no, how much at 20 years that. old and then have, I mean, I already had enough people in my head. I didn't need 5,000 other people on social right. media in my head. Seriously. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. think it's, um, I, I, what I liked about Adrian's story was that she, she kind of, she realized that she was putting this tremendous pressure on herself and she took her own mental health into her own hands. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough. I, I think celebrities are starting to talk about it, but especially equestrians, like this stuff is hard. It's hard physically on you, but on, you know, mentally how you feel uh, there's so many, there's so much heartbreak in this sport from injuries to not qualifying to, you know what I mean? And it's, and it's Everything. all it takes. And all it takes is one one incident to totally like break down your dream. And Adrian really opened up about it in this piece. And have you guys seen Charlotte's book, Charlotte Dujardin's? Uh, she talked a lot about this too in her book about she. I mean, she's like freaking won everything, won gold medal everything at the Olympics, and even she struggled after the fact with like, where do you go from here? You know, yeah, and her personal life really just kind of fell by the wayside in the, in the midst of all that. And, you know, I, I think it's just something that you have to be very, I, like I said with Adrian, I think you do need to be very self-aware of where, 
you are at mentally and what is kind of prompting you to feel a certain way, whether it's pressure from yourself or pressure from others. Um, and honestly, pressure from yourself can almost be the worst thing in the world. Absolutely. I feel like it's hard to manage, you know, the sacrifice. People make a lot of sacrifices to to try to do this in the sport, but you can't sacrifice everything, you know, like there's no. got to be a bottom, you know, or else you're never going to be happy. No, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, I went through a similar situation last year when I, you know, kind of had, had really put myself in a really poor situation with the horse that I had and just was completely out of money basically, but not even about that part, but just the, the amount of desire that I had to just have the horse and to, to make it through. And, and at the time I just wanted to go to the one, to a one star. Um, it's not like I was trying to go to the Olympics, but I was just like starving myself and, and running myself into the ground just to try and, and make it work. And it's just like, you know, at what point do you say, I'm not willing to, to do this anymore? And yes, absolutely. This does not call into effect, into context, you know, my decision-making, but that part aside, you know, I, I just think you people should be a little bit aware of how much they're willing to sacrifice. Cause I think there is absolutely a limit and some people they flirt with it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jess, it's really interesting how you talked about your support system. So did you have any, like when you were feeling down about your goals or, uh, you know, your next steps, it sounds like you had a really great coach, but was there any, any specific person you talked to or anything you did that really helped kind of keep you even keeled and, thinking positive and thinking about the next steps in your career? I mean, I'm ultimately a really positive person to start with. So I think that kind of helps, but mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, I have a couple really, really close friends, girlfriends that I talked to them about it and, you know, they wanted my dream as much as I did, you know, they Aww. were there every step of the way that they, you know, were there for my first Rolex. They were there all along, like on the phone, me screaming at them, you know, like whatever it was, they were there 110% along with my parents and my siblings. And so it wasn't just one person, honestly, like, I mean, and I, I talked to Jan a lot about things, you know, and she's the one that like recommended I read a bunch of books and like, you know, get your head in the game and make sure, you know, if you're going to want this, like, Mentally, it is a lot. I mean, I gave myself ulcers at one point and that was terrible, but you learned like, yeah, I mean, but you had to like, I had to pay attention to my, and that was earlier on in my advanced career. So that I had to like learn how to manage that and make sure eating healthy. And I was, you know, you have to be really extremely fit to go around 11 minute cross country. Like I was running at the same time. I was going to bar at classes. I was, it, it's a lot. I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand how much it really takes to get to the top. And so you have to absolutely be able to talk to somebody or you will drive yourself crazy. Sally, I think your situation is interesting too, because from, and you know, I've only been an amateur, but uh, you still dream. You still want that for you and your horse to like go and, you know, meet that goal, be it, you know, like a two, six hundred course or for you a one star. And I know you were a working student. You moved across the country. Like, can you talk about, I mean, you really, you gave it your all. And at what point did you decide like your priorities were changing for your own mental health? Um, you know, I decided that when I, I saw my life just honestly falling apart because I just, I couldn't sustain. I was feeling a lot of, you know, I was in a great program and I had a great support system. So that has nothing to do with it, but it was just like, it was definitely a big instance of biting off more you can, more than you can chew and more than you can handle just because you're just so desperate to have something, you know, and now it's like, I look back on it and it's like, I don't, I, my writing has never been better. I mean, you know, I, I've never felt like I've, I, I felt at that moment in time last year, I was like, I'm going to go to Kentucky one year. And I, I fully believed it. And I don't necessarily doubt that, but I, you know, obviously I'm not really writing now. So I'm, you know, I'm not like in the thick of it. So, um, I don't regret it from that standpoint. Um, but looking at it now, I think that for me, this is just me. Um, of course, I still have ambitions and dreams, but I, I, me personally, I am not willing to give up as much of myself as I have before. Um, and that's not an expectation that I place on anybody else but myself. Um, that's just my personal preference. But, um, you know, what I was going to say, too, is that, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing that maybe also isn't being talked about is just how people are associating mental health with you know, how it's accepted in society. Whereas, you know, where if, 
if I have a strong reaction to something or if I have, if I start crying or, you know, I don't want to be called dramatic or, you know, people are very quick to say like, oh, she's just being dramatic or she's got everything in the world. Like, how does she, how does she have anything to worry about? And, you know, it's very much an instance of putting yourself in other people's shoes and not presuming to know um, the whole story. Cause I think people are afraid to say anything and afraid to admit that they're struggling um, because it looks bad. Totally. I think that's a really valid point that, that it's not a weakness to feel emotional no, about no. a, about a, you know, a hardship you're going through. I mean, well, it's, and not it's a dangerous weakness. too. I mean, it, it, you know, think of the eventers and, and again, not to bring it back to eventing all the time, but for me, it's like, you don't want to go out there on a cross country course, riding scared, second not, guessing yourself, you know, Justine Dutton said the same thing in, in her article about her fall. She's like, I didn't want to go out there riding scared because I'm going to kill myself. You know, she didn't yeah. say that, but you know, like that's, that's what you think. Um, and it's, so yeah, it can be dangerous to not admit that you're struggling in that aspect. Totally agree. So props to Adrian and Charlotte actually both speaking out about this because I, I just think more young riders can benefit and save themselves from a lot of hurt, knowing that it's okay to feel this way and to take a step back and to recharge and, you know, figure out your priorities. And stop judging people. <laughs> yes. Everybody. <laughs> Don't be so judgy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Because your horse deserves optimum nutrition delivered naturally, they deserve Stan Lee Premium Western Forage. There's no better place in the country to grow forage than Idaho, and Stanley is one of the country's largest producers. Whether it's pellets, cubes, chopped forage in bags to compressed bales, Stanley cultivates premium forage types horse owners demand. Simply put, horses deserve Stanley premium western forage because they deserve the very best. Go to stanleyforage.com. All right, so I have a question for you guys you know, you eventers, uh, something I noticed in Kentucky and I think racehorses use these too. Like I've seen them in a few like live streams of thoroughbred racing. Um, but the strips, I think it's flare, right? Flare strips that, Oh yeah. Flare strips. Uh, yeah. The horses wear like on, above their nostrils on their nose. Uh, what do they do? Are they like the breathe right strips? So they don't snore. I have no idea. I don't, <laughs> like, how do you, I don't know, but I should give one to my boyfriend and see if it helps. <laughs> is it like, you know, is it just like the vapor cream or like opens up their nostrils so they breathe better? Or can you tell me how these work and why you use them? Because I don't understand. Yeah. So um, with the horse's nostril, it will like collapse. And then a lot of times like they have a harder time breathing. So the flare strips actually like hold it open. So that like the spring-like action, it actually holds the nasal passion passage open to improve their breathing. So it doesn't open their airways or do anything like that. It just basically opens their nose up because that's how horses have to breathe. So we, so use like when they're, personally. when they're like running really hard, obviously mm -hmm. for like cross country or a horse race situation, it really like it improves their ability to breathe deeply. Essentially. Yeah. Cause all the oxygen that the horses get that it only comes from their nasal passage. So we use them because when you're going 11 minutes, six minutes, four minutes, doesn't really matter. Even two minutes for show jumping. We personally just use them for cross country, but all of our big horses, I'd say preliminary and up generally use the flare strips because mm -hmm. so then we basically were like, well, you know, if it even helps them just a tiny bit recover faster, why wouldn't you help them out? Sure. That makes sense. And so do you, it's like you put one on and that's it. Like they, they're like one, one time use. One time use. So you wipe, you make sure their nose is like really clean and then it gives you instructions on the flare strip itself and you put it right on the, um, lower part of their nose and like above their nostrils. And it shows you exactly in a diagram and then you peel it off and it's stuck on there. Interesting. And yeah, it's really cool on. too. Cause if you leave it on after exercise too, they, they recommend, I don't know exactly what it is, but, um, you know, I usually leave my on for like 30 minutes after too, cause it helps them as they're, you know, especially after like cross country or something that's really hard respiratory work. Um, you know, they're continuing to breathe a little harder for more than just, you know, when they stop yeah, when doing they're done. the job. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's also right <laughs> a cool part. I think it's cool that they just kind of like help with the recovery process too. Sure. I mean, it, for, especially for racehorses, which are, you know, like they're prone, prone to lung bleeding that I imagine mm -hmm. that this can be very helpful. Um, and it's drug free, right? It's literally just oh. this piece of material. 
it's just, yeah, it's just sticky, like double stick tape, like really strong double stick tape, basically. Yeah. So, and it's obvious, it's obviously legal for cross country, but can you wear it in stadium jumping? Like you mentioned show jumpers use them too. Yeah. And I think there are some eventers, we don't personally do it, but I think there are some eventers who use it show jumping as well. Interesting. Yeah. There's, I've seen a handful of like straight show jumping riders with them on, like I saw a couple pictures down in Wellington this year of, so they're starting to really kind of um, see the benefits I think in that ring as well. And, um, you know, I think, I mean, I use them, you know, on my novice and training horse when I was um, kind of producing him because I honestly felt like if I was going to hopefully produce him past the training level or even for training level, say I wanted to do like a training three day or something with a little bit longer of a cross country, you know, I would put a flare strip on for my gallop sets or for cross countries because I felt like it would help his respiratory strength. I don't know if that's actually true, but I mean, that's my thought. And I mean, you know, like if I'm, if I'm conditioning every other part of him, that's kind of how I feel. So I, I honestly think that the benefits there, even if you're not doing like a four-star level event, like Jess said, even her preliminary horses or my training level horse was still wearing it. So, um, I think there's a well, lot of benefits for sure. And I think every horse, obviously like there's certain horses that are more roars or they've got some sort of like breathing thing. This helps. Yeah. So it would be I've heard about incre- that. Yeah. yeah. So I think for sure for horses like that, that looking into the flare strips is incredibly useful. Yeah. Interesting. The more, you know, huh? Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Flarestrips.com. If you want to get your own, which um, they have like cool colors and stuff too, which is pretty awesome. Really? They got like an American flag one hanging out there somewhere. Pink. Huh? Uh, I've seen a bunch of different ones. It's pretty cool. Just check it out. Black, but that's pretty cool. (laughs) Oh, all right, Jess, we actually had a question for you from a listener. Her name is Natalie. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Natalie. Natalie. Thanks for the question. (laughs) So um, I think it kind of applies to all three of us, but I I think you're a good person to answer this question first, Jess. And Natalie was wondering, what are our thoughts on continuing to ride after high school? Um, She's interested in how to be recruited to a college riding team and how to find grooming or a working student job and what we think is best. So, uh, Jess, I know you were recruited to ride in college, right? So can you talk about what that experience was like for you? I was, um, I was recruited to ride for the Auburn equestrian team, actually. Unfortunately I had mono and I was really sick. And so I ended up not riding, but everything happens for a reason. And I ended up riding advanced through college. So that was fun instead. But for recruiting through college, I think every school is a little bit different. I was uh, trying to do the NCAA and I was doing the hunters at the time. So I actually had a coach and another fellow rider. Um, The rider went to Auburn and then it was basically through recommendation. They watched some videos of my riding and then contacted me about riding for the team. So that was one way. I know that um, I've had students in the past that are interested in doing riding at the NCAA. They've actually sent their videos in of, you know, some of their rides, whether it be in the equitation or in the hunters, uh, send them into the coach and kind of put their name out there and make sure that they're kind of looking for them. And then there's also tryouts at some schools. So every school is kind of different depending on where you want to go. And a lot of schools now have ISHA, which is more of a club level. And that's a great way to ride in school. There's, it's a little bit, uh, depending on the school as well, it's sometimes easier to get in riding through that. Uh, so there's, several different ways to ride in school. Also like trying to do a working student, reach out to people that are in the area. Like when I was in Auburn, I had a bunch of Auburn students. I stayed there four years after I went to school that would come ride. And we had one of the barns had lesson horses that I would teach on and everything else. So there's tons of ways to get involved and still ride. I think that's kind of my input of how there was riding through being at Auburn, but what do you guys, Sally, did you have, I know you went to Georgia and I think you rode on through ISHA, right? Yeah. So I was on the IHSA team and this was the first year that they actually had an IHSA team. So that's, you know, probably why I got on. Um, but I, I, so I did actually try out at the time, um, you know, they still had an NCAA team, Georgia, I don't believe has, maybe they do. I don't know if they have it's all different now. Anyway, um, at the time I tried out two years in a row for the, what you would call the varsity team basically. And I didn't make it, which, you know, is fine. Um, but the IHSA team was awesome. Um, you know, the, the biggest difference is that, you know, it's a club level 
sport. So it's not going to be school, school funded most of the time. So you have dues or fundraising, that sort of thing. Um, Jess, I don't know if you had dues, I would assume not for an NCAA team, but you know, typically for those teams, you don't really have as much of that associated, but it's going to differ by program. So, um, you know, but I think the best thing you can do is really try to have a good resume and, you know, if you send a video to a team, um, make sure that it's a nicely shot video and your shirt's tucked in and your hair is in a hairnet, or at least it's in a nice, you know, it's nicely contained and, you know, don't make it look like you're just hopping around in your backyard. So, you know, you want to impress and sell yourself for sure. Um, good tips, Sally. Yeah, for sure. And, so, and the, the working student well. thing, like just, just email somebody and, and present yourself and you'll probably get a job if you're, if you're worth your salt. So, I mean, it's, it's not hard to get a working student job. If you're a hard worker, they'll be happy to have you. So I actually, I rode on my, a dressage team in college. So we had the oh, IH, cool. yeah, we had IHSA too. And it was like super competitive with all the cutthroat girls for the hunters. And I was like, nah. So I did, <laughs> I did dressage <laughs> and there was like no one who wanted to do dressage, but we had the team. So, and actually it helped me because then I ended up getting a working student job after college with a dressage trainer because I had an interest in dressage because I'd always been a hunter rider. Uh, but I grew to like dressage because of the IDA team. So, but I also in high school here in Florida, they had a high school invitational horse show. Um, Oh, that's awesome. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I did not have that when I grew up. (laughs) It was in Gainesville. I vaguely remember it. And it was, uh, it was like an IH, essay scenario where like you you just had a catch ride so i think like they put you in so many classes and then they had like an essay contest so i remember i wrote an essay but it was like a college entrance essay contest and then i had prepared videos when i went there so there were a bunch of different college recruiters that were there and so i rode for the weekend i think i rode in like four classes of you know like low level hunter catch riding and then they knew they had like my transcripts that I had to submit before I got there. It was pretty detailed. It was really interesting. And they had people from like all over the South, like people from Georgia and Alabama and other places came down for it. That's pretty cool. I don't know if they still do it. Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting experience. So, but I went to a school that didn't have an NCAA team and it was always a struggle. I remember with dues and stuff to try to make enough money because we'd have like one or two girls every year who could, I guess, IH... SHA does like a nationals sort of thing, but I remember yeah. we one or two girls who would make it and we'd have to fundraise like crazy to get them there. Yeah. But, um, but it was fun. I met a lot of people. I, I got to ride dressage. I really enjoyed it. And this was all I, I was doing that. The, the club, we had like an equestrian club. They also managed the mascot program that I did that you guys oh, know. Right. Yeah. So they managed the horse that was the mascot in addition to the teams. Huh. So yeah, it was interesting, but it it is, it's just like networking. Like what I learned yeah. in college from riding to my career is like, it was a way to network and I met trainers and I met other people that have helped me with horses later down the road as I became an adult, you know? So it's, it's always good to, rem- to remember that, that it's a networking experience. Well, thanks Natalie. And you guys keep mail emailing us questions. All right, so it is time for Rose and Thorn. Who wants Yay! to go first? I'm not going first this time. I've gone first like the last three times. All right, I'll go first if you guys will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, so what do you got for us? I am going to the Bahamas next week, oh. and I cannot freaking wait, and I'm turning off be my, my phone. Thorn? <laughs> yeah, that's mine too. That's my thorn. You're kicked off. Oh my God. So I'm go- we're going for a whole week. I'm turning off my phone. I'm not talking to anybody. Oh. I'm just going to sit on the beach and drink a lot of pina coladas. So that is my rose. And my thorn is that I haven't had a day off in like two weeks. So I'm really, Aww. really jonesing for this trip to the Bahamas. <laughs> so, so that's my How rose. How are you going for again? A whole week, Sunday oh, okay. to Sunday. Yeah. That's going to be so nice. I know. I can't wait. I'm going to read a bunch of books and literally just lay in the sand. Super jealous. I'll of go you. because I found out what my thorn is now. <laughs> <laughs> so, seriously, how you think I'm getting? Yeah. Wait, Justine, did you say a thorn? Yeah. But she hasn't had a day much. off. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> All right, Sally, what about I'm you? I'm still too mad about the fact that she's going to the Bahamas. I can't think right? straight. <laughs> Sally, are you ready or you want me to go? Uh, can you go? Yeah, I'll go. 
because I now know. So my roses that we're going to, it's my first mother's day in a couple Aww, days. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's so exciting. Aww. I'm going to use that as my rose and I'm not kidding. My thorn is that Justine's going to the Bahamas <laughs> and she's not taking me. Yeah, so I, I feel like that I wrote, there's no days off with children anymore or 25 horses. So <laughs> I nope. think my rose is definitely that it's Mother's Day and we are taking the day off. So that will be exciting. And my thorn is that Justine's going to the Bahamas and did not invite me. <laughs> do, you me to, do you want me to rub it in? I have like a, a little note. No, I and yet, when oh I see gosh. things on social media, that will be rubbing it in enough for me. Okay. I'm going to be like disliking them. No, you know, create, you can snooze somebody create. for like 30 days now. So I'm just going to go ahead and do that today. And then Justine, <laughs> I'll see you in like a month. I'm going to create a dislike button and thumbs down every time I see something. <laughs> Fine. I'm not going to bring you anything back then, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, Sally, yeah. what about you? <laughs> okay. Um, well, my rose, I guess, will do for this coming weekend. Um, I finally have gotten home from my, like, month-long journey. Um, and I was supposed to actually be going to Texas this weekend to groom for my friend who's doing her first one-star. And I just wasn't able to make the trip happen. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm not going. but. Um, one thing that I am doing is finally getting a date night with my boyfriend because that has not happened in about a month. So I'm from St. Louis originally. And um, so I'm big St. Louis Cardinals baseball fans. They're actually coming here this weekend. So I'm going to go to the Padres, the San Diego Padres game out here, um, get to see a little baseball. So I'm super excited about that. That's my awesome. thorn aside from Justine going to the Bahamas and me not is that, um, I got my first sunburn of the year this weekend and I totally didn't even mean to, like, I just, it was cloudy when we left the house. I went to the track with, you know, with Kyle cause the motocross thing that we talked about. And, um, he's like, Hey babe, go up to the top of that hill right there and you can see the track. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's fine. And like, didn't even think about the fact that it was no longer cloudy and kind of cool. And like the, this hill that he's referring to is like apparently directly under the sun. So I just like, am now kind of and it's like so painful and I just hate it. And I'm just like, why do I do this to myself every year? So that's my thorn. <laughs> not very, not very fun being sunburned. I need to wear my EIS shirt more often. So that's it. So we have another, let's see, a mailbag question. Um, just a quick tip from Catherine. Her question is, now that we're getting into summer days, it's actually a really good one. Um, any good ways to keep your horse cool in the trailer over the summer? I'm an eventer from Virginia and lots of shows. We work out of our trailer. So any tips or cool hacks to keep your horse cool throughout the day on the trailer? Thank you. So what do you guys got? We have a ton of ventilation in ours in both of our trailers. Like we try to open up all the doors and one of my doors didn't really stay open. So we put like little hinges on them so that the side doors stay open for more ventilation. And then we also found a place to install fans and they were really inexpensive. So we installed fans in the trailer and also a big water tank so that we can always give them fresh water. We fill oh, up the water yeah, that's all important, day. I think. Yep. So we fill it up with cold water before we leave and it's underneath the trailer. So like it's underneath the um, nose of the trailer. So it stays actually really cool all day long. Oh, okay. And you can fit a good, uh, how many gallons is that? Pretty large. A lot. Yeah. A lot. yeah. <laughs> like we don't yeah. run out one day basically. Yeah. That, what about you? That is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I that's definitely, a cool thing. that is super cool. And I second the fans in the water tank. That's like mm -hmm. you, you need that if you're going to live in Florida in the summer for sure. Yeah. And honestly, like when we go to events, I don't do a whole lot in the summer because my horse is doesn't sweat. Remember, so um, right. so, but it's always been like timing wise. Like I would never take my horse on the road in the hottest part of the day. You know what I mean? Like God forbid you get stuck in traffic and your horse is just baking on a hot highway in ninety five oh. weather. It's just not fair. I mean, and we have fans, and my trailer is very ventilated too. My friend actually has a trailer where the the roof is insulated, which is really cool. And oh, it keeps, that's nice. So when the sun beats down on it, it doesn't, you know, that heat doesn't come into the trailer, which is really nice. And I have another friend whose whole gooseneck inside of her trailer is air conditioned. It's crazy. <laughs> now that's amazing. I know. So that does that does exist, you know, probably not economical for most of us. But in Florida, <laughs> definitely not in my budget. <laughs> yeah, Florida, it's probably hot, worth so it, though. It's like, I know I'm going to trailer at even like super early in the morning or at the very end of the day. Cause it's just, 
not fair to the horse otherwise. We do a lot at night. We do yeah. it through the night. Yeah, and that's smart too, where you just know it's not going to be so hot. So yeah. I think you just got to be cognizant of those kinds of things. And then when you can get fans in water tanks, all that stuff helps. And I think that they're pretty cheap. Like even the water tank that I got is pretty cheap. You know what I mean? Like fans, yeah. not that expensive. And it, it does make a difference. Yeah, for so. sure. One of my like favorite like off the wall things that I've tried before and especially like Catherine for you since you work out of your trailer and it sounds like maybe your horses might tie to the trailer maybe be in the box stalls or something in the trailer but um, I read somewhere that you could actually put ice over the shavings in the stalls um, on your trailer Um, obviously you don't want to put too much so that it's not a soggy mess but if you put a, a little bit like I usually use like a bag per stall but I mean you could use more or less or whatever but supposedly it kind of brings the temperature of the air inside your trailer down so if they're kind of like chilling out in the trailer you could maybe try that um as well and I mean I've tried it and seemed like it was a little bit more comfortable so that's my little random recommendation as well that's a good idea I like that idea So if you have any more questions for us, um, you can post in our Facebook group, which is Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge, or you can send us an email at hello at heelsdownmedia.com. If you want to hear more from us, you can check out Heels Down Magazine. It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone or tablet, so you can take it anywhere. Download it on iTunes or Google Play or check out our website, heelsdownmag.com. We'll be releasing episodes of Heels Down Happy Hour on the second and last Fridays of every month. Did you know you can get the Horse Radio Network app on your iPhone or Android? Search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use. All right, guys. Well, um, we do want to thank our sponsors, Equal Gold, Giddy Up Goodies, Stanley Premium Western Forage, Flare, Equine Strips, and Asmar Equestrian. And I won't see you next week because I'm going to be on the beach in the Bahamas. But until then, cheers. Cheers. I won't be following you on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) All right. Cheers. (laughs) 